Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Good morning, welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. I'm Baron Cross, I'm on hosting duties this week with football editor Chris Arrington. We're a little bit thin on the ground, Chris, but we'll, uh, we'll do our best. Thankfully, we were both at the game on Saturday, so we have got plenty to talk about. We were, we're a little bit Ar- like Argyle at the moment, we're a little bit injury hit. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, but, uh, if only we had Paul Atkinson here to, uh, to look after us. <laughs> Absolutely, but your versatility is going to come in very handy <laughs> as you uh, host the, uh, the podcast today. Right, well, in the sort of... Um, the social media plugs are part of the podcast. I promised that we wouldn't just wax lyrical about Graham Carey for, yes. for half an hour to 45 minutes. So we'll, yes. we'll, we'll touch upon quite a few topics if we good. can. Good, good. We'll start with the match as a whole. Obviously, mm-hmm. on Saturday was another win for mm-hmm. Argyle. There have sort of not been many of them this year, so we have to enjoy them, don't we? And um, it's, it's five matches unbeaten in all competitions. And in my opinion, it served its purpose, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. We saw Sandy Bradley uh, came and saw us after the game and, and he said that the mindset of the players going into the cup tie was it was the most important game of the season. Uh, and I can see where he was coming from mm. with that because um, you know they'd just built up a, a, a little bit of a run in League One. If they had lost to Grimsby, League Two Grimsby on Saturday, a lot of, if not all of the good work that they'd done in those previous four games would have gone out of the window. Yeah. So it was important that they won that game. So Adams picked the same team that showed his how much yeah. uh, importance he put on the game. And um, it, it was only 1-0 in the end. And, and, and as seems to be often the case, towards the end of the game, Zargo was sort of, I wouldn't say hanging on, but there was a bit of tension <laughs> yeah. around the place, wasn't yeah, there? Well, there certainly was, yeah. Me and you were both sitting there thinking we really don't want to go to Cleethorpes on a Tuesday no. night for a replay. You could see that with Watson and Arms <laughs> on the touchline as well. They didn't see that, I don't think. So... Um, it served its purpose. It's a good way of putting it. It's, it's a win. It's Argyle's first home win, let's not forget, since August the 12th when yes, they beat Charlton. So it's good for the players that they've got that winning feeling again at home park. It's kept a bit of momentum going, going into a difficult game against Bradford uh, next Saturday. So, yeah, I, I, I thought it was um, it was reasonable. I mean, the first half, I thought, was, was, wasn't yeah. too bad, was it, to be honest? It, it was positively expansive. <laughs> I think... Um, I'm, I'm trying to sort of put off talking about Graham Carey too greatly because I know we're going to talk about him at yeah. length. But yeah, he obviously was a, was a massive impact mm. on mm. on that first half especially. But it was good to see, wasn't it? Mm. Seeing him getting shots on goal. I know David Fox um, had a couple of opportunities as well. Yeah. Joel Grant, Jake Jervis. They were all sort of... It was flowing quite nicely, wasn't mm. it? And, and sort of Aaron Taylor, Sinclair and Soy were sort of becoming and joining the attack as well. But um, Against the League 2 team, that's the, the one thing, isn't it? You know, um, Grimsby mid-table in League 2, they were, they were okay. I didn't think they, they really posed no, too much, they weren't, did they? They weren't great, no. Um, I thought, you know, Jamil Mack came on in the second half and, and gave him a bit of a physical presence. Absolutely. And uh, it's, to me, you know, he looked like the sort of player that Argyle could do with up front, you yeah. know, as that central striker. You know, not necessarily scoring goals, but there was one incident I remember I said to you during the game that it was just the ball played up to him, he chested it down, got it on the deck, Moved it out wide and, and moved on Sprung up. Sprung attack, and, and and that is just what Argyle are designed yes. to do. But they haven't really got that player to do that at the yeah. moment. I, I think there's one of the big talking points around the cup is, is mm. apathy, isn't it, on mm. the national on the national level? And obviously Argyle's attendance bore that mm. out. I mean, I know it's not mm. Grimsby wasn't an exciting opponent, yeah. but still the attendance was significantly down on, on league matches. Yeah. But it was it was nice to hear Sonny Bradley come out after the match, and he sounded convincing in saying that. If Derek Adams told them we have to get our name in the, in, in yeah. the hat for the next round, and yeah. it, it's important to remember that I think Derek Adams enjoys putting him sort of pitting his wits against better teams and better managers. And as we saw with Liverpool last mm. year, I think he'd love to get to the third round again oh, yeah, no and have another that. crack at a massive club. So mm. I think he, you know, he, 
as we know how competitive he is, he backs himself, doesn't he, against uh, his big sides? No, ab- absolutely. And, you know, when you're in football management, you're judged on wins. Now, ultimately, you're judged on wins in the league, but, but wins in the FA Cup aren't going to do any harm at all. And, um, yeah, I, I, I thought they, they played they played pretty pretty well. Mm. Um, are they the finished article? No. no. Again, Sonny Bradley, we're talking about him because we had a good chat with him after the game. Yeah. You know, he thinks they're they're you know nowhere near their best, and thinks there's a lot of room for improvement still. But they have made some progress, and you know, from where we were sitting doing the podcast about a month or so ago, things are better. Yes. But you know, there's still an awful lot of work, hard work ahead. Well, let's talk about Graham Carey then. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen over a couple of weeks, uh, sorry, three or four weeks now, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean, ever since um, the, the Shrewsbury game, I suppose that I mean that wonder goal against Shrewsbury, it's, yeah. it's sort of. One-way traffic, really, mm. since then from Graham Carey. He's been absolutely fantastic. The stand-up mm. performer in most of the matches, if not all of them. And on Saturday, again, we saw that against slightly inferior opposition on, on the first half. He mm. just ran them ragged, didn't he? I mean, it, yeah. it, it was the Graham Carey of last season we saw. It, it was. It was It was so you know encouraging to see, because if Argyle are going to get themselves out of the position they're in yeah. now, they're clearly going to need Graham Carey. I mean, you, you did a piece for, online on Saturday night yeah. about how Argyle's season rests in his hands so important and you know you don't want to put all the all your eggs in one basket and you don't want to put all the pressure on his shoulders but let's be honest you know at the moment if he's not scoring goals he's assisting goals now if that dried up again well we've seen at the start of the season we saw at the start of the season where he wasn't influencing games and our goal were losing all the time now he's influencing games and they're winning and drawing so you know um, it isn't you know like I say, you don't want to put too much... Football is not an individual sport. No, it's not. But he not. is such a key player for Argyle, and it is great that he's playing with more freedom and confidence. And, um, you know, we had a great view of the goal on Saturday oh, yeah. from up right in the press it. box. I mean, we were literally right behind yeah. it. And, you know, he got, got the ball on the right touch line, didn't he? I mean, I, I watched it back on the highlights. And when he's got the ball at his feet, on the right, right on the it's plane, on the line, yeah. you know... There's an awful lot of work to do to score from there, but yeah. he's weaved his way around. Remember, he's on the, on, the, on the right side, he's cut onto his left foot. People know he's going to go onto his left foot, but knowing it and stopping it are two different things. Yes. And um, he sort of aimed the ball just outside the far post. Oh, it's gorgeous. And as soon as it left his boot, from where we were sat, there was only one place it was going. Yeah. It was fantastic. Mm. I think um, you are right. I mean... In in those pieces after the match, it's it's quite easy with emotions running high as they were. I was, mm. you know, I was waxing lyric about mm. Kerry, and I know I was very conscious of the fact that when mm. I was writing that, that mm. I, I didn't want it just to be, come across as a one man team. And I think mm. I think we've made it. I mean, after the Blackburn game, I wrote a piece and made it clear how important the three midfielders were. Yes. And I think the whole the whole defensive unit now is mm. clearly important. And I think the job they are doing is allowing Kerry to do what he does. But I think as you've just reiterated, the point we're trying to make is goals mm. is what's going to save Argyle this season and yeah. at the moment Graham Carey is, mm. the, is the only outlet for yeah. either creating or scoring them and I think yeah. that's the point that came across and that's obviously it's a blessing and a curse really isn't it, it? it's a good thing and a bad I mean, thing it's good that Adam's he's doing has, it he's got to find more outlets yes but for now as I, as I said again we've had a lot of rough this season so let's enjoy mm. a bit of the smooth and try to just, just soak up everything we can out of how good Carey is at the moment I mean Derek Adams made the point afterwards when we saw him that he was surprised that Grimsby didn't double up on yeah. Carey because yeah. he was giving Paul Dixon an absolute no, turret yeah. time um, League One teams aren't going to play one on one against Carey when he's in form oh. like that they will double up on him yeah. and that might limit his influence in some games and that is where somebody else or preferably others yeah I've uh, got to step up and, and come up with assists and goals. Um, 
And as we, we touched upon there again, we'll, we'll, one more final point about the match before we move mm-hmm. on to the questions. Uh, they were quite deep again, weren't they, on Saturday? Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that is something that, that, as we visibly saw, yes. Paul Watson and Adams were screaming at the back line in the last 10 minutes to push up at every opportunity. Yeah. And that is something we're going to have to look at, isn't it? And Sonny, Sonny Bradley almost sort of mm-hmm. acknowledged it, didn't he? Yes. He sort of said it was because they were trying to defend mm-hmm. that one goal lead and they were worried about conceding, weren't they? Yeah, Sonny Bradley's always an interesting um, listen to when you have an interview with him because he does, he does say Honest. some interesting things yeah. and, and he said he got 75 minutes. They didn't think they were going to get the second goal no. that they were looking for, so they shut up shop. Yeah. Now, you know, you can argue on the merits of that, should they be doing that, but I suppose when, you, when you're 1-0 up in a cup tie and you haven't won at home for a long time, the natural inclination probably is to sort of shut up shop. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk in recent weeks about Argyle defending too deeply, which they've mm. done. I'm not convinced that Derek Adams wants them to defend as deep as they have done at times. No. And I mean, you made the point. You know, you can see him screaming at them to yeah. push up at times. Yeah. Um, he's not screaming at them to drop deep. You know, no. get ten men behind the ball. Because they can see what we can see. They can uh, see it's inviting the necessary uh, pressure. Absolutely, which he did in the last few minutes. Because I, I didn't really see. Grimsby scoring on Saturday but all it takes is for Jamil Matt to get one knock yeah. down into the box and, and something happens and it's 1-1 and you've got a replay and, and um, you know it's all a bit doom and gloom again so and I, I think I mentioned in the podcast before you know that at the Wimbledon game I know there was um, uh, someone I know very well who was stood behind Derek Adams yeah. and, and he said most of the game at Wimbledon Derek Adams was <laughs> screaming at Argyle to yeah. get out so Derek Adams wants Argyle to get men behind the ball yes. and defend solidly and keep their shape and play on the counter-attack. He doesn't want them to literally all defend no. across to the, the top of the penalty area and invite pressure like that. So, um, you know, it's um, it's a problem, but the more wins they get, the more confidence they get, mm. the less likely that's to, he's going to happen. Okay, so we'll move mm. on to, to a few of the questions. So we'll um, we'll start with those that are sort of a little bit more relevant mm. to, um, to Saturday and, and a few of the players before we go sort of mm. off the field. Uh, Michael has, has got in touch and said, how important has the addition of Tumani been to our unbeaten run? Well, we say Carey's form sort mm. of mirrors the Argyle turnaround, but the mm. arrival of Tumani Diagoaga also mirrors it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's five games for him. He hasn't experienced defeat yet. He hasn't experienced a defeat yet. Um, now, that's obviously not all down to him, is no, it? No, of course not. not. Um, but I'm not a big believer in coincidences either. You know, there's n- things normally happen for a reason, mm. and I do think he's made a difference. You know, he's he's a big, powerful presence there. Um, I, I still think there's more to come from him. I yeah, think from too. his pedigree and his yeah. background, uh, all things being equal, he should get better. He's had um, quite a sort of hectic introduction, having not played any football before <laughs> he came to Argyle. I, you know, with a bit more fitness bit more understanding of, of those around him and those around him understanding the type of player he is yeah. and the, the type of balls he's likely to play, I think he'll, he'll get better. But, um, uh, you know, the Dio Garaga, Fox, Songo sort of central midfield trio um, is working yeah. pretty well. And um, I think we'll probably get a really good insight into how good they are as a trio at Bradford on Saturday yes. when... I think they'll get a really good working out against Bradford. Yeah, it could and, be quite similar to the Blackburn. And it, it? it's going to be, I would think, something very similar to that. Now, can mm. they go up to Bradford and put in that sort of performance they did against Blackburn mm. and, and come away with a point or, or, or maybe even better? But, yeah, I, I, I think he's done OK, don't you? Absolutely. I think he's mm. been very, very important. Mm. I think he complements Jan Song and David Fox very well. I think mm. the three of them all do their various little jobs. I think 
we've made it clear on several occasions in the past that Songo's the ball winner, mm. he'll win the ball back, he's a physical presence, and he then feed Fox mm. and Diago Aga, who are always quite close to him. They're, yeah. they're, they're, very, they're very close, those, those three, and then, and then they will then distribute the ball. Yeah, I think yeah, it's almost a 4-1-4-1 formation, but those central three they, players they drop in. are very tight, aren't they? Yeah. You know, Argo was basically saying to the opposition, you're going to find it very difficult yeah. to play through us, get at our centre-backs, run at our centre-backs. Teams are going to have to thread balls down the sides of the centre-backs or get in behind yes. the full-backs. We, we saw, didn't we, there was, there was one occasion on Saturday when we saw that Songo went walkabout with the football, took it, took it forward, was dribbling, was mm. dispossessed. Yes. He got caught out. Yes. Thankfully, Jaguarga had the foresight to drop in. Mm. Jaguarga then mops up. Yes. Then Jaguarga goes on, yes. on the attack and he goes in a little dribble, tries to feed Jervis, I think it was, yeah. misplaces the pass. Yes. And then you've got both of them out of position. Yes. Poor old David Fox is in the centre circle trying to mop up. Mm. He then dives in in desperation, misses yeah. his tackle. Yeah. Before you know it, three of them are out of the game. Yeah. And Grimsby had a really solid attack from that. And I yes. think that, that was a really good example of how important that midfield block is, isn't it? Yeah, I, that, it was a good example. I don't know if um, you know listeners can remember that, but that was a case where the three centre midfield players were all out of the play, yes. with Grimsby attacking down the left-hand side as they attacked towards the bar and park end. And this is the, the dilemma, isn't it? That if Argyle try and open up too much, um, they do leave themselves vulnerable. Now, it didn't cost them on Saturday, but again, against League One teams, we've seen the quality of yeah. the League One players that they will punish you if you if you get caught exposed like that yeah, at the back. Absolutely. Um, next question. Mm. So um, it, uh, another one that sort of revolves mm. around Carey, really. It's from from, uh, from Jack. So thanks for your question, Jack. Uh, Carey, the player in form, but cannot see any other method up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, would like to see more interchanging. Uh, the team relying on one man is a disaster, as we've alluded mm-hmm. to, waiting to happen. We have good attacking players like Greg Wilde, Carey on the left, Joel Grant through the middle, or Blissett. Uh, Lemiris and Jervis can play down the right. At present, we are losing fans because of the boring style. Good luck in the draw. So, you know, good luck for the FA Cup draw, which is obviously on Monday evening. But yes. um, losing fans because of the boring style. Um, well, the crowd was down on Saturday, no doubt. But I think FA Cup first yeah. rounds traditionally are, are lower crowds. Yeah. Um, I'd have been surprised if there'd been, I thought, five five or six is what I would have, would have I expected. Um, overall this season, the attendances I think have held up pretty well for a team that's yeah. only had one yeah. home league <laughs> win. Not at all, yeah. Um, you know, they've been around about their eight and a half, give or take, mm. which I think for a team bottom of of, of League One um, isn't too bad. The boring style, I, I, I get where Jack's meaning with that. You know, some people want to see our goal go out, all guns blazing, take the game to the opposition, play attacking football, get the ball out wide, get crosses in the box, have people flooding the box and getting on the end of things. Um, I think most people like to see football play yeah. like that, but um, I, I think we've we've made the point on more than one occasion. Sonny Bradley made it on, on on Saturday. The players we've got are what we've got, and we've got to find a way to make it work in yeah, League One. Absolutely. And, and the way that they've found to make it work at the moment is to play the way they are. Now, yeah. is that particularly pleasing on the eye? Um, maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's great to watch, but. Um, but winning football is better than losing football. Massively. I know that for sure. Um, and getting results is is uh, is better. Uh, Jack is right. Carey is the player in form. Um, any other method up front, you know, at the end of the day, Carey was a key player last season. He's going to be a key player this season. You know, you've got to play to your strengths. He's the main man. The, the question for Argyle is going to be at some stage, if the opposition start doubling up on Carey, if mm. they start stopping the influence, do Argyle move him into a central position? Do they move him onto the left? What do they do with him? Um, and of course, as we've discussed already, 
all those players that Jack's mentioned have got to come up to the step up to the plate because you know Wild, Grant, Blissett, Lemiras, Jervis, um, they've had their moments, yeah. but I wouldn't have said any of those players that I've just mentioned outside of Carey have been particularly good this season. No. Um, I think Jake Jervis is doing a reasonable job playing up front as a central striker, which isn't really his natural position. It was a, a, an issue I touched on with Derek Adams after the game, and we'll do a piece about that today, explaining from the manager's point of view what he feels he's getting out of playing Jake Jervis up front that he doesn't from the other strikers. Um, but we've got some good attacking players, says Jack. I think potentially we have, but yeah. we haven't seen it enough from any of those. So... Um, if any of those players were really playing well consistently, they'd be in the side. But the fact that Wild, Blissett, Lemires have been in and out, even Jervis has been to a degree. Grant's played fairly regularly, but I do think he's good at playing the shape that Derek Adams wants to, to play. And I think he has, to be fair to him, since he's got a couple of goals recently, he's, he's looked a little bit better as well. Uh, I chatted to Russell Slade after the match on Saturday, and he mm. made a really good point. He really, really top bloke, Russell mm. Slade. I've not spoken to him before, but he was absolutely fantastic. A real pleasure to talk to. Um, and he, he was quite happy to go to sort of to talk a little bit about Argyle and their style and what he'd found from his sort of scouting missions. Mm. And, he's, and he's noticed, obviously, the upturn in form has coincided with this 4 1 4 1 with the three midfielders in, the front, uh, in front of the defence and, and Songer giving the protection. And he said that when you've got a team at, at, at the bottom of a table like Argyle are, you have to find a way to stay in matches. And you're going to come under a lot of pressure, but you've got to dig in. Mm. And if you can keep that clean sheet and then grab one on the break, as Argyle have been doing of late, um, yes. Shrewsbury yeah. and Blackburn spring to mind, yes. that's what's going to get you results. And, mm. and, and, and Russell made that point that you, you know, you'd like to see expansive attacking football. But Argyle at the moment, with what they've got, as Bradley has said, mm. they've got to stay in games. Mm. And when a manager is, is setting out a side before a match, the one thing you can work towards is a clean sheet. You know, you can set your side up to get the clean sheet. And, and I thought that, that really resonated with mm. me and what Adams is doing at the moment. And I think yes. it, we've, you know, we've discussed it at length now that the expansive style isn't going to come for various reasons. I think the best they can do is to, is to stay in matches and yes. pick up these clean sheets and, and, and pray to get one on the break, maybe. Yeah, I think that, you know, they almost worked at Blackburn, didn't it? Apart yes. from that goal just Very before so. half-time at Blackburn. Good they, example. They would have, they they came under an awful lot of pressure, but but for one chance, right in first half mm. stoppage time, they could have won up there. So, I think that's the way it's going to be. Uh, that's the professional, pragmatic approach, isn't it? The fans, quite rightly, you know, want to be entertained. Yeah. Um, I, I I get that, but I, I go back to the point that I think people would would rather see Argyle win ugly than 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 lose two, three, I two, agree, something yeah. like that. Well, Keith from Plimstock has, has got in touch and he's mentioned the word entertainment. So, at, mm. at most, I miss a couple of home games a year and also getting some away games. But recently, I'm finding it harder and harder to go and watch Argyle, uh, which links a little bit to what Jack was saying about losing fans. Mm. Why, he asks. Mm. The style of football is so boring. Adams must remember that he is working in the entertainment industry where people pay to be entertained. Where do I go to get a refund <laughs> for missold goods? Wow. Well, I, yeah. It's just it, the people want to be entertained, but I think. Mm. Aren't winning games entertaining? Well, this is this is the this staying is the in League One is entertaining. Uh, I mean, taking my journalistic hat on and putting my football fans hat on, I want to see my team win, and and if they win, ten, twelve games, one nil, ugly, I'm going home happy. Massively. Yeah. Um, I don't go home quite so happy when they've lost four three. Um, now mm. I get Keith's point completely, and I'm, I accept that that's just my opinion, and lots of people want to be entertained. He, Keith makes the point that it's an entertainment industry. I think if you ask Derek Adams, it's it's a results industry. Yeah. 
and if you were a football manager and you basically most managers are on a very short leash when it comes to defeats Derek Adams as we've seen this season is slightly different because he's got credit in the bank mm. from the previous two years he's such a huge influence on that club mm. that Argyle I don't think we're ever going to you know, make a change of manager even when they were on that run of eight defeats out of nine. I, I don't think they were they were ever close to making a change, although no. they would have been concerned. Yeah. Um, but Derek Adams is in the results business. You've got to get results. Russell Slade, you've just explained, Baron, you know, what Russell Slade... That's the way a manager looks at it. You've got to stop losing First goals. priority is a clean sheet. You've got to get a clean sheet. You've got to start putting points on the board. Now... We've, we've said already, it's, is, is it particularly pretty at the moment, you know, attacking-wise? No, but um, they've got to get results. When you start getting results, then confidence returns. Yeah. You know, Carey's confidence has, has built. Songo's, you know, been a really strong player for Argyle. Diagaraga, Edwards and Bradley are looking a little bit more secure. Remy Matthews has come in and, and done, done well as a goalkeeper. Gary Sawyer's doing a, a, a really good job as a, as a left-back, playing at right-back there are building blocks have been put in place yeah. that weren't there um, a few weeks ago the attacking play yes but we've said before I've said before when you, I know from talking to managers in the past over the years when you're in a bad run you start the back yeah. work on shape work on keeping your discipline work on stopping conceding goals because the very worst you're going to draw nil nil yes. and that's a point and then you build from there um Fans pay good money to go and watch Argyle play. Of course they do. They want to see attacking football. But where they are at the moment, they need to build. And then hopefully things will improve. And, you know, you know, I, 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 if I'd paid my money and I'd seen Graham Carey on Saturday, I'd have gone away that was worth the thinking that was worth the entrance fee. Because mm. some of his play, particularly in the first half, was fantastic. Do you think entertainment starts with, with staying in the division? I mean, at, at the moment, I think mm. if you look at things long term mm. Argyle have just got promoted into League One mm. consolidation is the key word mm. if they stay in League One playing the mm. football they're doing that's a building block that's another season mm. League One next year therefore at least to more revenue coming in, in through the doors you're going to be able to attract better players with better players comes better football better results then leads to, to more revenue better players coming in and then eventually you build towards mm. an entertaining expansive style of football do, do you think Argyle fans have got to take the season on the chin? Well it was always going to be a, 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 a difficult one. I mean, I, I do have sympathy with, with Keith, Keith to you, because, you know, of course, you know, he, he sounds like he's a, a regular fan. He wants yeah. to see the team doing well. He wants to be entertained, and I, I, I don't blame him for that. Um, but I, I just go back to the fact that you do need to get results. And as entertaining, you know, you can play it. Playing entertaining, expansive attacking football isn't necessarily, I think, going to suit Argyle this season. I think if they try and play expansive attacking football, I think they'd be they'd run the risk of getting caught in the break. And we've seen it in games earlier in the season where you know they were perhaps a little bit too attack minded and they were they were caught on the break. Mm. Um, but you've got to find the right balance. You know, it's all very well saying yeah we've got to get results, we've got to be tight and whatever. But you don't want to lose fans like Keith, who sounds like a regular. Mm. If if he and hundreds of others stop going because that they they feel they're not getting entertained that is a problem so it's it's striking that balance between shape discipline solid at the back but still giving people a reason to go along now 
the way Graham Carey's playing at the moment, that uh, you know, that's definitely one reason to go and watch Argyle yeah. play at the moment. Absolutely. And I do think if they do get a couple more wins and things start picking up and people see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, well then um, that's another reason as well. Yeah. Um, we'll step away from yeah. current on-the-field matters at Argyle and we'll, we'll yeah. look at a former Argyle player in a, in a janner, of course. Yes. So we're always interested in, yeah, in Implomodians yeah. anywhere they are in the world. Yeah. Uh, and Toby has got in touch and said, would it be nostalgic or preposterous mm-hmm. to re-sign Tyler Harvey? He has the attributes to be a Derek Adams striker judged on the Charlton game. Mm-hmm. Interesting points there, isn't there? Well, I was pleased to see Tyler score. He almost got um, a second one with a header against yeah. the bar. It looked like he caused Charlton problems. Uh, he needs to do something about his hair, though, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's a bit rich coming from me talking about <laughs> hair, I grant it, but his, his, his hair's a bit all over the place, Tyler. Come on, sort that one out. But, um, you know, well done to him and to all the Truro lads, all the ex-Argyle players. There's loads of them, aren't there? Lee Hodges. Um, you know, they gave a really good account of themselves to, to concede early at the Valley. It could have got mm. um, out of hand, but they stuck in at the game 2-0 down. Second goal was a big deflection, very unfortunate. Tyler's goal got them back in 2-1. It was a good... It was a centre-forward's header. I mean, I've not seen him get too many like that, no, I must admit. No. But it was a good ball in and a proper number nines, you know, running in, in between the... Got there before the centre-back. Good header. So, well done to him. Would it be nostalgic or preposterous? I think it'd be preposterous, Toby, to be honest. Mm. Um, I think that, that boat has sailed a long Very time ago. So. Yeah. Um, I hope, though, that, you know, that sort of performance will catch people's eyes. Mm. Uh There'll be lots of people in football who know about Tyler Harvey and the potential he's got. And given the trials and, um, he's had, he's clearly a name that yeah. managers are aware of. So you've got a bit of a highlight reel just to show to people now, haven't you, that, you know, look, this is what he can do against a League One team in an FA Cup tie. Um, so I hope, you know, Tyler can find his way back up into the Football League. Um, I don't think it will be with Argyle any time no. soon. But um, who knows later down the... Down the years, uh, you, you you never say never in football, but um, if Tyler can carry on playing well for Truro, get a few goals for them, get himself back in the football league, that would be uh, that'd be good news for him. Absolutely, uh, mm. I, I think it, I was doing a story yesterday on Tyler, and I, I was amazed at how many players there were with with yes. our links. It, yes. was, it was incredible. Various no. youth or even mm. first team appearances for quite a few of them. Yeah, and you know that's one way that you know our goals academy hasn't always served Argyle that well but it does serve a purpose for, for football in the region because yeah. you, you look at Truro who are trying to work their way up through the ranks or in the National League South they've, you know, I'm sure they'll be looking to try and get back, uh, into the National League if they can uh, and I'm going to miss somebody's name now so I, I apologise I'm <laughs> just thinking off the top of my head but Ben Gehring River Allen Jamie Richards Stuart Yetton Jordan Cop, uh, Jordan Cop, uh, Tom McHale uh, somebody else whose name I have Billy Palfrey, um, Palfrey yeah. I think I've covered most of the bases but all were at Argyle and are now playing in National League South in a, a good standard you know local lads that you know stayed in the area and uh, um, are playing well for Truro and, and you know really pleased for Lee Hodges as well because you know um, a really good servant to Argyle as a player yeah, massively. you know you still see him around at Argyle working within the academy community side of things yeah. and um you know, to, he's done a really good job because, you know, we often talk about Argyle and how remote they are to everywhere else in yeah. the country. Well, you can add another hour and a half, two hours onto that for Truro. I know they don't necessarily train uh, in Truro and all the players aren't from Cornwall, but nevertheless, half it's, the um, players. it's a it's a it's a long way from Plymouth. So that's um, so that's something. So um, Gary Palmer's been in touch as he as he regularly does. So thank mm-hmm. you, Gary, very much again. And mm-hmm. uh, what is the latest information on the new grandstand? Mm-hmm. Do you think there is any chance work could start in early 2018? 
Argyle's Twitter account mm. st- stated on Saturday work on the grandstand will start shortly. Well, I've done a few stories on the, yes. on the grandstand of late, and mm. I had another look this morning. Um, so the consultation has now ended, so they're not taking any more comments from the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and a committee date has been set, so the the actual planning application will be heard by the city council's planning co- committee on November sixteenth. So um, what are we on now? Saturday six. So it's about ten days time. Um, it's scheduled to go before um, the committee. So if you do want to go over and and listen to what they've got to say, well, I'm sure that will be very very well attended. Yes. Um, then then by all means go along, and I think we'll certainly try and get somebody along, maybe on somebody on the sports desk or in news. Um, so that's the latest. I, I did notice that the tweet from our last Twitter account that it was a picture of the Mayflower stand, and they said that the work will start shortly. So, mm-hmm. from what I can see of the public information, there's there's nothing to suggest that, that any permission has been granted or no. the work will start. So maybe it was it was simply optimism. They had um the they had some boards part. up in the concourse below yeah, the grandstand that, yeah. where they sort of had the illustrations and and bits and pieces. So there's a chance for for people to have a look at them there. Um, so no, we'll we'll find out a lot more on the 16th, won't we? Mm. Do you think uh, there's any chance work could start in early 2018? Well, I'm no building expert or or anything like that, but that's not too far away now. Early 2018, no. is it? I mean, the, the, that's the, always been that's always been the aim. They've been very optimistic about it, and quite mm. they seem sort of very sort mm. of mm. very very determined to get it started, don't they? There's there's, there's definitely bits and pieces going on behind the scenes, um, but whether early to and you know again. What's early 2018? Is, is April early 2018? Yeah. You know, it's, it could be February or March, it, isn't it? It, it could be a bit flexible. It's like when you're going up and down the motorways, Gary, and you see the delays until summer 2018 or whatever like that, and that can cover anything from May to October, can't it, sort mm. of thing. So, um, um, yeah, so we'll see what uh, comes of the planning. Yeah, not long now. We'll planning committee hearing. There's obviously been a lot of debate, pros and cons about it, and um, we'll see what the outcome is from there. And... Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, fascinating to see what happens. Absolutely, and we'll just finish, Chris, with some mm. thoughts looking ahead now. Obviously, we've got we've got Bradford City on Saturday, and that's mm. not going to be no mean feat. And mm. we're hoping to get some proper confirmation, I suppose. But we're we're probably ninety nine percent sure that yeah. Graham Carey will unfortunately miss Saturday's game through suspension. So a far harder task. Yes, if, if there's no Graham Carey playing, and and I know we've both sort of speak, spoken to people to sort of double check things, and yeah. it, it seems to be ninety nine point he, yeah that he he will be suspended. Um, it is a blow. There's no there's no two ways about it. You know, with his goals and assist record in in recent games, um, you wouldn't want it to be with him out be without him. I suppose one way to look at it is with the games that they've got coming up: Oxford at home, Northampton at home, yeah, massive, um, yeah. for away. If he was going to have to miss a game because point, of yeah. a yellow, you know, a yellow card totting up process, perhaps against Bradford, where you're maybe not got too high expectations, yeah. perhaps that's a better one for him to miss than say Northampton at home on that's the Tuesday a very, very night, good point. or maybe Portsmouth away, um, you know, at Fratton Park when we know that Graham Carey always raises his game in in uh, in those sort of matches. So, you know, they've been to Blackburn and got a point uh, they went to Wigan and they nearly got a point with yeah. backs to the wall performances against um, good opposition mm. so they're going to need another performance like that a little bit of luck maybe nick something on the break um, it'd be a tough tough ask but at least they're going into that game now with that extra bit of belief and confidence that if we do do our jobs and yeah. if we do keep our shape there is a chance we can come away with something on this game absolutely well I mean We'll move on to that on Saturday. Mm. So we're going to have a lot more on the website over the course of the week. And even if you've seen Derek 
couple of times this week. I'm hoping to, yeah, hoping to see him tomorrow and on Thursday. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see how that uh, that goes and try and find out a bit more about injuries yeah, and, and bits and pieces and see if we can find out any more about Oscar Threlkeld and. Um, Sonny Bradley did mention that Luke McCormick had done some training last yeah. week, um, so um, you know, try and find out a bit more about that. Although, as, as Sonny also added, you know, Remy Matthews is doing absolutely fine at That's the moment, so um, there's no um, there's no big panic on that. So um, Ryan Taylor's one we're all desperate for, isn't it? I mean, we yeah, saw him walking around after the match on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, he's he's around and about, and he's doing some light training. Um, so. He, he, he's not too far away. I'm sure you know. He, you've got the Oxford home game on the 18th, and that's his former club, of course. I mean, yeah, he'll maybe, be maybe a sub appearance. He'll perhaps. be desperate to be involved in the squad for that. I would have yeah, thought. Absolutely. Well, okay. So keep an eye on the website this week. Um, we'll have the web chat on Friday, of course. I think I think we're going to be on the road on Friday. Yes. So I'm, I'm hoping that one of our colleagues may well pick up the web chat. So do keep an eye on that. Don't take my word for it. But we'll be on the road. And we'll be at the match on Saturday with all the live coverage we normally provide. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Valley Parade is, if you've not been to Valley Parade before, um, it is a long way. Um, but um, <laughs> Longest league trip of the season. Longest league trip of the season. But um, it's quite impressive. It's, it's a bit sort of unbalanced. And you've got a couple of really big stands mm. and then a couple of not quite so big stands. But, um, but yeah, it's a good place to, to go and watch a game of football. Very excited. Mm. Right, we'll, we'll keep an eye uh, on all the coverage. And obviously we'll be, we'll be back again this time next week with another podcast as well. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.